As part of a series of events this spring in honor of the 75th anniversary of Thomas Hart Benton's Indiana Murals, the exhibition Shallow Creek, Thomas Hart Benton and American Waterways comes to the IU Art Museum. The exhibition's curator, Leo Mazo, is curator of American art at the Palmer Museum of Art at the Pennsylvania State University. Leo Mazo, what is the scope of the exhibition in terms of its theme and the works of art that are included? The exhibition Shallow Creek surveys the American regionalist Thomas Hart Benton's images of rivers, streams, gullies, and creeks from his early blossoming into a mature artist in the mid to late 1920s well until his his mid-80s, when, around 1974, 75, so a good 50 years of Benton and Rivers. How did you establish this uh, motif as one that's central to the work of Thomas Hart Benton? If you walk through an exhibition of Benton's work, or if you walk through the auditorium here at Bloomington, um, it's hard to get very far without seeing river imagery. And it turns out this was not some capricious uh, afterthought, but rather it was part of the myth- mythologies, part of the stories Benton told himself about himself and about the recent past. The exhibition Shallow Creek, I should say, was conceived originally as a focus exhibition built around a painting called Shallow Creek, which is uh, in the collection of Barbara Palmer, the namesake of the Palmer Museum of Art, as sort of a celebration of her promised gift of this painting to the the museum that bears her name. And we decided to use uh, this occasion to explore the uh, wonderful and at times weird imagery of waterways in Benton's art. Maybe you can describe the painting to us. Shallow Creek is one of a handful of paintings produced between 1938 and 1942 that are neither the smaller drawings and prints that one sometimes sees, and they're certainly a far cry from the, dare I say, ginormous murals <laughs> that, we, uh, that we find here at Indiana uh, in Jefferson City, Missouri, or that he produced for the Whitney Library and the New School for Social Research. All of these are sites of major, enormous mur- murals, several pan- panels produced in the 1930s. Rather, this is one of his oil paintings, an easel painting measuring about three feet high, uh, by about two two feet wide. It's one of several paintings he produced in the northern Arkansas Ozarks. It depicts an offshoot of the White River, and it's a picture of, of his son, age about 11 or 12. His son is also named Thomas, Thomas Piacenza Benton, or T.P. Benton, fording one of the many streams and creeks flowing uh, through the Ozark Mountains. The work has been interpreted in many ways beyond its simple surface story. Uh, What are some of the meanings of water in the work of Benton, and specifically in this painting, Shallow Creek? Well, Benton was raised on the waterways of southwestern Missouri and maintained a lifelong love for rivers. Part of what he was interested in rivers was the the manner in which they played into a mythology, a mythology of the Shomi state, a mythology that he was trying to craft for himself as a homespun, rough-and-ready regionalist artist. But Benton really considered himself, as one scholar calls it, a politician in paint, a sort of historian using oil uh, instead of 
a laptop, let's say. Mm-hmm. So Benton is has a, has a very profound historical consciousness. He's the namesake and great nephew of the famous populist senator from M- Missouri, Thomas Hart <laughs> Benton, and his father, Colonel Mycenaeus Benton, he wasn't actually a colonel, but that's how he's known, uh, served in the U.S. House of Representatives. Benton uh, was expected to be a politician or some such respectable calling, decides to become an artist. But he carries to his art a sort of uh, a similar populist aesthetic that we find uh, flavoring the legislation of his father and his his uncle. In light of the identity that he apparently sought to create, it's important to remember that, in fact, Benton was quite cosmopolitan. He'd lived and studied in New York and Paris. So um, creating this image of homespun um, genre scenes and, and perhaps an image for himself as the, as the maker of that mm-hmm. sort of art was, um, was a construction of sorts. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's a standard romantic trope the writers have used going going back who knows how how long. Uh, Benton's cowboyism is totally role-playing in a performative context. And that, the public nature, the, pers- the persona, regionalism we have to remember, and I'm talking about the great trio of Thomas Hart Benton, John Stuart Curry, and Grant Wood. This wasn't, there's no more school than a school of fish is a school. This is This is a movement designed by a New York gallerist, a dealer named Maynard Walker in the 1930s, um, who sought to sell art. So Benton painted to that identity, oh, in other he words. he did. He did. But that's in many ways what separates Shallow Creek as a painting and several of the works in this exhibition here at the Indiana University Art Museum from the more public, highly scripted side. This is a, this is a portrait, this is a picture of his son. Uh, it's an it's a genre landscape to be to be sure, but it's also it's a picture of his son populating the ground that he himself traveled with his own father, and so in that way it's a very private picture and it stands out for its family subject matter. In some ways, there's a something of a macabre element to this in several works by Benton. Often when we think about Benton, we think of the grand grandeur of the Indiana mur- murals, the New School for Social Research murals. But in fact, Benton often worked on a less uh, operatic scale. And a work like this, Shallow Creek, depicts his son, his own son, going literally walking, if you can picture this, from a landscape of verdant foliage to uh, a dead, not a dying, but a very dead tree. And in this way, the painting is something of an allegory from, from life to death. It has a cyclical theory of nature that we see in works by that he would have known very well, such as Thomas Cole's Voyage of Life. You know, you know Benton, like many other art, artists, to make ends meet, he did a lot more than just paint. He illustrated books. He worked on movie uh, sets in New, New Jersey and later in Hollywood. And so Benton has a kind of auteur side to his work. You get the sense that he's carefully scripting a certain pictorial universe. Well, it sounds as though there were all kinds of uh, cultural references at work in the work of Benton 
at all times and even in this work. So, mm-hmm. for example, he's incorporating literary references insofar as the whole idea of wilderness um, and the romanticism of wilderness is concerned, stuff like Emerson, perhaps, and Walt Whitman, and then and Mark Twain, all of the, the illusion of the, the river, the power of the river. Sure. Um, then also Hollywood is another factor there that's figuring in and his, his tendency to uh, make things larger than life and somewhat yeah. cinematic. Sure. But then at the end of the day, this is still a very personal image. It is. And one that's autobiographical. That's part of the the power of this image. It it relies a lot on this this many of the same formal tropes that you will see in the auditorium building here. Um, it's it's oil and tempera. It's you know it's it's really standard regionalism. But regionalism, as it's often valorized, is a matter of art created between say 1929 around the stock market crash and the mid-30s. However, as it became increasingly clear in the late 30s that American involvement in World War II became an impending reality, increasingly what cuts it as a viable American art is very different in Benton's mind and certainly in his patrons' minds than what cut it in the early 30s. Um, So there's an increased authenticity, is that what you would say? I would say, if anything, he. I would say there's more of a turning in inward. the The trend in Benton's art is from larger, I would say, to smaller. In some ways, that's a, a, a great misleading generalization, because he's a good example of what art historians would call monumentality. A work like Shallow Creek. This is not a terribly large work, but it more than holds its own on this enormous wall it's, that it's hanging. Conversely, in a gigantic work like the auditorium murals here in Bloomington, you'll find yourself, for all the enormous scale that we have there, you'll find yourself being sucked into just a small portion, a little boy with a can of worms, a truant schoolboy next to a, a some structure. So Benton exploits some of the expressive possibilities of scale, sometimes in very paradoxical ways, not, not what you'd expect. Nanette Brewer, the Lucien Globinger Curator of Works on Paper at the IU Art Museum, is with us today. She co-authored the 2000 publication Thomas Hart Benton and the Indiana Murals. Nan, Benton's murals represent the history of Indiana from the mound builders through the suffragists and everyone in between. The murals predate Shallow Creek by six years. As Leo mentioned, it was a different moment in American history and also in Benton's own artistic voyage. But are there significant links between the earlier works that are on view here permanently in Bloomington and and the later works? One thing that you can see in Benton's career, uh, after he really had the epiphany of regionalism where he decided that he wanted to really d- devote himself to creating American art with American subjects in a style that was recognizable and understandable by Americans. He really stuck with a lot of those themes. And as, as Leo had mentioned, we see recurring themes throughout the show. In the Indiana murals, he actually was basing some of the ideas on an earlier series from the teen called An American Historical Epic, where he was working out American history. 
And when the Indiana project came to his attention and he was he received that commission, he really thought that this was a dream fulfilled where he could use Indiana as a symbol for overall American history, as a microcosm of American history. So it's not surprising that some of the broader themes that we see in the Shallow Creek show, he was already working out. A couple of um, specific examples are the little fisherman boy that we'll see. This is a, a kind of generic motif of the young Huck Finn-like, free-spirited youth that we see in Shallow Creek, as well as some of the other illustrations of Mark Twain's stories in the show. Also, there is one specific segment devoted to the development of waterway in the industrial history of Indiana. In that specific panel, internal improvement, we see the Ohio River, the riverboats, the flatboats, as well as the canal history in Indiana. So that's a very specific segment. But we also see in the Indiana murals little scenes that devote to a much more personal, more intimate type of creek that is in Shallow Creek, specifically the old swimming hole that we see in one of the panels where we see a group of boys skinny dipping in a swimming hole. So there are little hints of river. It's not the primary theme, but certainly Benton understood how the waterway figured into both Indiana's cultural and industrial history, which were the parallel stories of the Indiana murals. For WFIU's Artworks, I'm Yael Cassander.